Well, welcome to another edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Good to have you along for the ride today, whether you are listening on terrestrial radio or on the podcast, if you're listening on our apps, uh, welcome. If you are watching on myhopenow.com, welcome. Uh, the myhopenow.com is an archive, by the way. If you want to stream, uh, you could stream along at TuneIn or uh, one of the other places. On the apps, also a good place to go, too. Um, we've also there's so many different ways you can consume the program, but boy, with those folks who are making cars nowadays, actually getting to the point where AM radio might go sideways, they're not going to make it a standard operating uh, element anymore. We'll dive more into that next week, but uh, we're very grateful. And if you do call the station today for one of the giveaways we have, and we've got a good one. Oh my gosh, we have a good one. Uh, not that yesterday's was bad. I mean, Shannon Bream, Andy Garrett, my goodness, those were, we had phones going off the hook here yesterday at the bottom line show.com, but, and, and 800-227-5278. But if you thought yesterday was a feeding frenzy, today's going to be even more incredible. I'll just get right into the tease. There's a new movie coming out tomorrow and it's called Nefarious. It's based on a novel by Steve Deese, conservative Christian talk show guy. He wrote it about six, seven years ago called The Nefarious Plot. Nefarious is the name of, de of a demon. And it's the story of a guy who has been uh, convicted, sent to death row because he has killed a number of people. He's basically a serial killer. And he has to have a psychiatrist come and sign off on the fact that he knows what's going on. If, he's, if he can't understand the charges against him, they can't execute him. But basically the first psychiatrist who went to see him and sign off on him uh, suddenly and rather mysteriously took his own life. And so now a new stand-in guy goes in to have a conversation with this person. And the person says, you can't, you can't sentence me to die because I'm possessed by a demon. The demon made me do all this. It, it is hands down the best film I've ever seen in terms of explaining demonic warfare. If you like reading the Frank Peretti novels, Back in the day, remember uh, this present darkness and piercing the darkness? And that kind of was a, a real basic introduction to the concept of spiritual warfare in the modern era. Nefarious takes that up a notch by about a factor of 8 million in terms of just putting it right in front of you. It's not scary in the sense that there's blood and gore and that type of stuff. It's a fantastic suspense movie, takes place mostly in a prison, uh, the dialogue between the psychiatrist and the murderer is just phenomenal. And uh, the two guys who are responsible for it are Corey Solomon and Chuck Konzelman. If you recognize those things, they've been making faith-based films for years, but they were the guys behind the movie Unplanned. Remember the story about Abby Johnson and Sean Carney in 40 Days for Life? Yeah, if you liked Unplanned, you're going to just be blown away. I won't say you like Nefarious, this movie, it's tough. But Chuck and Corey are going to join me at the bottom of the hour. We'll have a conversation about it. The movie's in theaters tomorrow. So today's kind of a theater Thursday, if you will. <laughs> I know it's not movie Monday, but um, since the movie is in theaters nationwide tomorrow, we've got some opportunities for you to win passes to go see it. And these are gift certificates. They're not necessarily like a pair of tickets or whatever. I honestly, depends on where the theaters are, don't know how much the tickets would cost, but we have four of these $25 passes that we'll be giving away. And uh, you'll be able to use them to, you know, possibly see the movie for 25 bucks for two people, or I don't know what the ticket prices are where you are. But we've got the trailer for Nefarious, the movie, whoisnefarious.com is the website up at thebottomlineshow.com. And I highly recommend that you look at this movie. But be warned, it's very intense. It has an R rating because of the intent. Actually, it has an R rating. The guys are going to explain why during the film, but the guy who is demon-possessed actually at some point in, during the film, will he, he breaks one of his fingers just to show that it's the demon possessing the guy. Um, man, if you ever have any experience with like exorcisms and stuff like that, this movie will really grip you because of when the demon is speaking to the psychiatrist. He may as well be calling out people in the church and outside the church in terms of the reality of demonic warfare. So bottom of the hour today, Chuck Consulman, Corey Solomon, the two guys who are the writers and directors of the new movie Nefarious that's in theaters tomorrow 
and we're going to be giving away tickets. But you can't. Well, I'll just open up the phone lines now if you want to call in. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through. To the bottom line, we have four of these $25 gift cards to give away for the movie that you can use. Well, basically, you'll be giving us your info. Uh, once we pick our four winners, because I know we'll have more than four callers, um, we'll get we'll contact you and let you know if you're the winner, and then we'll send you the code so you can go ahead and use the gift card and do the thing. I mean that's that's how it works these days in 21st century America. You know what else happens is I've been into kind of a Twitter battle with several people online. Not that I set out to do it, but the number of young people who identify as and I'm air quotes for the my hope now people transgender has skyrocketed. Recent studies indicate that in the LGBTQIA plus EIEIO movement, there are the vast majority of Americans who fall into that category are in the B, ironically, bisexual, attracted to men and women. But as you get in from baby boomers, you have the greatest generation baby boomers, Generation X, and then you get into millennials who are in their late 20s all the way through age 40, and then Generation Z, which is somewhere around 12, 13 years of age up to mid-20s, the percentage of Americans who identify as LGBTQ or transgender or just somewhere in that category, it's one out of every 10 millennials identifies as LGBTQ. It's 7% of American adults on the whole, but 10% of millennials and 20% of Generation Z identifies as LGBTQ. Now, there are those who are pushing back. Remember, we had a story about Kirk Cameron wanting to do a story hour at a public library, and the library said, well, you can't come in here with those Christian values because we have to do drag queen story hour, which was crazy. But the push with the LGBTQ community is the drag queens are friendly. They're your friends. It's no big deal. You don't have to worry. Why are you getting so upset, et cetera, et cetera. Well, why are you getting so upset when you see these grown men dressed as these kind of crazy cartoonish women reading children's stories in public libraries? Well, the number of kids who are talking about transitioning, especially in that age range, 10, 11, 12, you know, when puberty's kicking in, your hormones are crazy and you don't know what's going on, you would be amazed at the number of students who are considering changing genders for the flimsiest of reasons. I shared with you a story uh, about a year ago here on the bottom line about a young girl in Florida. And she was 11 years of age, sixth grader at a middle school. And she had been a her parents were notified that she had attempted suicide. The parents came to the school, had a meeting with school administrators. When they found out that it was not her first attempt, it was her second attempt. And the reason she was attempting suicide was she was getting counsel at the school on transitioning from female to male. And the parents were kept in the dark. This is before Ron DeSantis signed the Parental Rights and Education Bill because the school didn't feel it was in the girl's best interest for the parents to know because they were strict Roman Catholics and they wouldn't understand. It's such an egregious offense and yet it's happening more and more. As a matter of fact, right here in the People's Republic of California, Chico Unified School District, a woman called Aurora Raguino has an 11 year old daughter and attended an elementary school in Chico Unified School District elementary school, and she found out that over the course of last school year, her daughter was transitioning from female to male, and mom and dad had no idea this was going on. Now, you might ask the question, well, wait a minute. What do you mean mom and dad had no idea? They live with this girl, right? She's in their home. How would they not know? But over the course of the year, the girl was being groomed by teachers, by counselors, by people at school. They were referring to her by masculine pronouns and names. She was transitioning from male, female to male. And yet the Chico Unified School District had a policy that said, we will not engage parents in this conversation for the safety of the children, air quotes. Nuts. It's crazy. Uh, recently, Mrs. Rahino went before the Chico Unified School Board, and I want you to hear what she had to say. We're going to take a quick break. It's only about a three-minute cut, 
But I'll tell you, when you hear what she has to say, you're going to ask the question, I wonder if something like this might be happening in my own family. I wonder if this might be happening to one of my kids. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder what might be going on. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> we'll take a quick break, and we're going to hear this audio in just a moment as the Bottom Line Show continues. You know, the sanctity of human life is so very, very critical. And for us as parents and grandparents to stand in the gap for these little lives that in some cases, you've got young girls who wind up pregnant and they don't know what to do. And here's what they're being told. They're being told, we could end the pregnancy and all your problems will go away. But our friends at Preborn know better. They know that there are higher rates of suicide and emotional challenges and even physical health problems for girls who get abortions. And so many younger women will get an abortion because that's the only option they're told they have. At a preborn clinic, they're gonna hear the whole truth. They're gonna see the reality that yes, you are pregnant. And here's a picture from the ultrasound of your child. You're gonna hear the baby's heartbeat. They're gonna explain all three options to you and also witness the gospel as well. Your $28 donation right now makes a, 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 an ultrasound at preborn possible. And 85% of the women who get a preborn ultrasound either choose to become mothers or to release that child for adoption once they take him or her all the way to term. Your gift right now will help. 833-850-BABY uh, is the number to call. 833-850-2229. Or go online to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com. Click the preborn banner and make your best tax-deductible donation today. Call preborn and make a life's difference. Chico Unified School District has a policy where they call they call this the parental secrecy policy for transgender students. And today here on the bottom line, I want you to hear the parent of one of those students, the mother of a sixth grader, or maybe fifth grade, she was 11 years old at the time of her transition at an elementary school in Chico Unified. She went before the school district and asked them to change the policy, not because she's a crazed Christian, transphobe, but because she's a concerned parent who wants to know, how could you allow this to happen to my 11-year-old daughter without my knowledge or consent? Uh, Joel, go ahead. Let's roll cut number one of this clip. Hi, for those that don't know me, my name is Aurora Regino, and I am the mother that filed a lawsuit in federal court against Chico Unified for transitioning my daughter without my knowledge. I'm here today to tell my story so parents and the public know what is going on in our school. Last year, my 11-year-old daughter was in elementary school here at Chico Unified, and her elementary school transitioned her from female to male behind my back. Shortly before this happened, my father had recently passed away, and I was diagnosed with breast cancer. My daughter was distressed and began questioning her sexuality, so she decided to reach out to a wellness counselor at her elementary school. The day my daughter shared her guidance shared with her guidance counselor that she felt like a boy, the counselor immediately affirmed this new identity. From then on, the counselor continued to have one-on-one -on -one meetings with my daughter without my knowledge. During one of those one-on-one -on -one meetings, my daughter told the counselor she wanted to tell me about her new identity. The counselor ignored her requests and did nothing to support her in letting me know what was going on at school. Hang on just Throughout a second, Joel. Stop it right there. Do you hear what this woman is saying? At a time where her own father, this girl's grandfather, passed away, her mother was diagnosed with breast cancer, and she's got all these crazy emotions and hormones going on inside of her own mind. She reaches out to someone at the school and says, I think I might be transgender. This becomes so common with young girls, especially if they're not acting like all it takes. I mean, literally all it takes right now is for one of their girlfriends to say, hey, you like to ride skateboards. I think you might be a guy. Hey, you like to play video games with other guys. I think you might be a boy. I mean, what in the ever loving? How did we get to this point? How did we get to the point where a kid could be so easily persuaded and then the adults responsible for them? She said, I think I might be a boy. They immediately start giving her therapy. They immediately start giving her quote unquote counseling. And God knows what else. I mean, here's the mother saying they're transitioning her to a boy. Were their hormones administered? The pronoun change? The and then what happens next? Does the school uh, student body welcome her this way with open arms? 
And why doesn't mom get to know about this? Joel, go ahead and continue with cut number one, if you would. Transition, my daughter changed very quickly, was bullied, and as a result, was very unhappy. And because her school kept this transition a secret from me, she was on her own. I'm a busy working mother, just like the rest of you. Before this happened to our family, I would have not believed this was going on in our schools, especially at the elementary level. Elementary school. California. School board has a policy of saying it's in the child's best interest to not notify the parents. The abortion industry has been using this line for a long time. Well, we can't have parental consent notification because if we do, what happens if the girl's being abused at home and once they find, okay, here's the logic. Mom has a boyfriend living in, maybe the boyfriend's physically abusive and the girl winds up getting pregnant. So they want to have an abortion to keep everything quiet at home, but they don't want mom to know. Why? Because if mom found out, then the boyfriend might get abusive to the girl. Maybe the girl doesn't belong in that home in the case of the abortion. In this case, you have a mom who says, look, I love my daughter. I care for her. If she's going through something, I want to go through it with her. And the school says, no, you don't. What do you know? We're the educators. We have the college degrees. We have the credentials. We have the title of being the school board. We are better than you, mom. Now, I'm not naive. I know not every parent's perfect. I know that some people get stretched to the end of their, down to their last nerve. And that thing keeps breaking and getting repaired and breaking and getting repaired over and over and over again. But who ultimately is responsible for the well-being and care of the children? That's a rhetorical question, but you know the answer. Joel, let's continue. Cut number two. I want everyone to know, I understand that I, I want everyone to understand that I want a space for our LGBTQ and trans community members to feel safe and supported. But the policy currently in place at Chico Unified has been damaging to our family. And I am not up here talking about what could happen if you continue this policy. I am up here telling you what did happen to our family. This was a time when she needed me the most and you kept it a secret from me. I understand that you are trying to find ways to create a safe environment for all children within our district, but keeping secrets from parents is not the way to do it. Treating every parent as a potential threat to their kids is wrong. I know it's easy to make up a narrative when it comes to my case. I know it's easy for people to judge and say my daughter must have not felt safe or supported, and that's the reason for telling her counselor. But regardless of what people say, I love my children, and there isn't anything they could ever do to change that. I wouldn't, it wouldn't have mattered to me whether my daughter continued to identify as a male. I would love her the same. It's a slippery slope to allow any adult in our schools to keep secrets from parents for any reason. The actions the school board district took to immediately exclude me from supporting my daughter was very damaging to her and our family. She was very young and didn't understand what being transgender really meant or the obstacle she would face going through a transition. The school transitioned her and left her to figure it out on her own. It seems to me the district is getting it wrong on both sides. You don't know how to handle these very serious and sensitive situations because once you transitioned her, you left her to handle it all by herself, the bullying and the staff even Thank outing you. her. Thank you. And notice the most important part of the meeting there, the bell. Well, your three minutes are up, Mrs. Regino. Thanks for pouring out your heart. Your daughter's life has been irreparably changed by our school district and our policies, but you have three minutes, three minutes. You know, this is, I met a detective Anaheim police department about 10 years ago. They were talking about sex trafficking and how challenging it is when you meet a girl, maybe 14, 15 years of age, who's been pushed out on the street. She's obviously being trafficked for sex. And yet she's become so brainwashed by her traffickers that she looks to them as safety. And they've told her, oh, the police don't trust you. And I said, how much time do you have to build trust with a child before, and these girls were children, how much time do you have before they will just call their pimp and go right, right back into it? He said, 90 seconds, a minute and a half to try to earn her trust, undo two to three years of brainwashing. What happened? What was it like for this girl going home every night knowing that the school district said, your parents don't understand, your parents don't trust you, your parents don't want this, but we are the voice of reason. By the way, Chico Unified actually had a vote at that same meeting to determine whether or not they wanted to give 
and I'm quoting them here, more parental inclusion in their policy. But by a three to two vote, they voted it down. They did not change their policy. They have a federal lawsuit coming against them now. And quite frankly, I hope Mrs. Virginia wins. But man, if only we could find a way to make people on that side of the conversation. You heard this woman say, look, if my daughter really felt this way, if my daughter really felt like she needed to go through this transition, if this was her, if my daughter's really a son, she said, I'm here for it. I'm here for her. I want to hear this and walk down this road with her. But you've taken all of that away from us, which indicates to me that there may have been more than just we're calling you by a boy's name and letting you, encouraging you to wear short hair and boys clothes when you get to school that your parents won't know about. If only there were a way. I think I might have found one. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, a Twitter exchange from a guy who says, oh, hey, guess what? I'm a third grade teacher, and I think I've got a problem that has a solution with regard to faith in Jesus Christ and the transgender movement. We're going to get through that. Coming up next as the bottom line continues. You know, I just finished a meeting in Africa with a group of guys, and I said to them, here's the deal. They want to know how things are going in the United States. Hey, I'm not going to lie to you. Things are crummy. But I said, what you do every day is you get up every day, gentlemen, and you realize that none of this matters. God is in control. And if you believe that, then it, it's all downhill. And, and I said to them, I said, so as we struggle here with the things that we're planning to do here in Africa, it's exciting to see all the things that you guys want to do and the plans you're making. Just know that God is in charge. And so, and the bad things that are happening in the United States, God is going to work all them to good, Romans 8, 28. That's the only solution is just go back every day to Jesus and ask him, for guidance and what you're supposed to be doing. Amen and amen. Dennis Wilson, Wilson Financial Services, 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. We're about five minutes away from my conversation with uh, uh, Chuck Konzelman and Kerry Solomon, the guys behind the brand new movie, Nefarious one of the best, if not the best, spiritual warfare movies I've seen. It's in theaters tomorrow, and we're giving away tickets. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 the number to get you through to the bottom line. I've given the phone number now so you can get in early, because I know a lot of people are going to want these tickets. We're taking a look at the story of the school district in Chico, California, Chico Unified School District that was going to look at making their parental secrecy policy with regard to transgender students a little more parental inclusive, but by a three to two vote decided against it. Uh, Aurora Reginio says her 11 year old daughter who went to a elementary school in Chico Unified uh, was transitioned from female to male during the last school year without her consent. And I thought, well, you know, the trans activists are always like, well, you know, you don't understand in your faith, this, that, and the other thing. I came across this on Twitter from a site called Twitchy. It's, Michelle Malkin used to run this thing. I think the, uh, the major Christian organization owns it now. And a guy who posts under the name of Carpe Donctum posted the following thread. See how, how this hits you. I'm a third grade teacher, and I often talk about Jesus with my students. They're so excited to hear about my faith. They point to the cross on the wall and ask me about the resurrection. Some of my students have gotten baptized in the sink in my classroom, as long as they don't tell their parents. It's just our secret. Now, can you imagine a Christian teacher in a public school with cross on display, openly talking about their personal faith in God and Jesus and baptizing students in the classroom without telling the parents? Can you imagine the uproar there would be? Uh, Carpe continues. I hope this doesn't get me fired. Please don't share this with the liberal media. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so somebody says, uh, would you rather have a child in heaven or a child in hell? Maybe you're a Christophobe for saying this. Carpe Donctum continues. There's been a lot of interest from my students about circumcision, but unfortunately I haven't been able to find a surgeon willing to do these spirit affirming surgeries anonymously. If anyone in the Kansas City area knows one willing to help save these kids, let me know. Now I had to laugh out loud at that one. Spirit affirming surgeries. Hey boys, you want to be a Christian? 
well, you should really get circumcised. You need to have a spirit affirming surgery and we'll do it without telling your, can you imagine the uproar? Well, guess what? Now put the shoe on the other foot. The trans activists keep calling this gender affirming care. We're going to convert you from female to male. Think it can't happen? Aurora Reginio said they did that to my 11-year-old daughter. We're going to find a way for you to come to a state like California with no criminal penalty and have your body permanently mutilated. Sound like a plan? But putting it under the guise of what if the teacher were a Christian? Instead of the trans activism, what if this was a Christian activist? What if he was doing baptisms and circumcisions in the classroom? So here's another one. He says, for some of my kids, it isn't enough to know who they are in Christ on the inside. They want it to be visible to everybody. I'm helping many of my third graders get cross and Jesus tattoos, and you wouldn't believe how excited they are to finally feel right in their own skin. You can imagine the left just went nuts. They just went nuts. This list goes on about things doing that you know helping people wear wwjd bracelets and this that and the other thing but it's amazing how many people responded to this and said wait uh, i'm a christian and this is terrible i wouldn't want this on no 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 and i used to follow you and i'm never following you again the the left lost its mind but evil is on the prowl we're going to talk about the presence of evil in the new movie nefarious coming up next as the bottom line continues in a moment Life insurance will never replace the person you love, but that money can help you get through life when it feels impossible. When your life insurance claim is denied while you're already dealing with so much, you need someone on your side. Stephanie Cover of Coverlaw used to work for the insurance companies. She challenges and understands the way insurance companies think. Hire Stephanie to file a life insurance appeal while everything is still fresh in your mind. Don't let the insurance company get away with greedy behavior while you're in mourning. Stephanie Cover will do everything in her power to get you the financial protection which was promised to you as a beneficiary of the policy. The money from the life insurance proceeds can supplement your income so you can support yourself throughout the process of bereavement. Save Stephanie's number or call her now at 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Or you can fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Law. Stephanie Cover. She knows the other side. Stephanie Cover, the only personal injury attorney I ever have recommended here on the Bottom Line Show. You'd never know when an accident might happen, whether it's a dog bite, slip and fall, or a car wreck. But Stephanie is the one that I recommend. And make sure you have her name and number in your contacts. It's Stephanie with an F, Cover as in cover, 877-214-4935. Call Stephanie Cover today. Well, special guest joining me today here on The Bottom Line, and we're going to talk about a movie that I think is one of the best, most gripping, suspenseful, I don't care if faith-based or otherwise, movies I've ever seen. The movie is called Nefarious. It's in theaters on Friday, April 14th. And the two men behind this story, or at least bringing it to the big screen, uh, Carrie Solomon and Chuck Konzelman are with me today here on The Bottom Line. Carrie and Chuck, welcome to the program today. Thank you for having us. Hi, thanks for having us in. This was one of the most gripping films I've ever seen, period. I had the same experience watching this one that I did watching Silence of the Lambs, watching One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest when I was 14. And I mean that sincerely. I mean, I get pitched a lot of movies. I watch a lot of films. I sat here in my office watching the screener and I could not stop watching this movie. Uh, What's the reaction that you're getting? I mean, don't let me gush. Go ahead and tell what other people are saying about this this film. It is just fantastic, guys. You really hit the nail on the head. Without bias, I will say that uh, that reaction is everyone that sees the movie. I've mm-hmm. never been involved with a movie, and we've done quite a few of these, uh, where we have not had one negative reaction. And everybody, right. in in a weird way, they're fanatically or even obsessed over it. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they, they tell us, I, I, you know, it stayed with me for a week. It's, a, it's the most original thing I've ever seen. It's totally different. I mean, all these tremendous compliments and and you know of course you always want to hear that about your movie but i really think there's something special about this and i think the subject matter is absolutely timely for what's going on in the world and in america right now 
No question. Uh, Carrie Solomon, Chuck Konzelman with me today here on The Bottom Line, the two men behind the movie, Nefarious. We have a link for the book up for the movie up at thebottomlineshow.com. It's in theaters April 14th. Uh, talk, let's talk about the book. I was not familiar with the book before. I guess Steve Deese has written this novel. And who is Nefarious is the website. So who exactly is Nefarious? Kind of give us a 60 to 90 second overview, if you would, guys. Sure. Uh, the character that Steve created, uh, Lord Nefarious, is basically a high demon in hell. Think of it as one of the adversary's lieutenants. But in our story, he has uh, spent some time inhabiting uh, a serial killer who's on death row. And it's the day scheduled for his execution. But the previous prison psychiatrist has committed suicide, calling his findings, all of his findings into question. So a judge orders a psychiatrist to come in and do a last minute of a psychiatric evaluation. Because if you're not sane, the state is not allowed to kill you. Right. And so the psychiatrist, who's an atheist, progressive, contemporary guy, walks in completely unprepared for the fact that he's going to be sitting down across the table from a demon. And the demon, for reasons of his own, says to him, is going to tell largely the truth. Now, the, mm -hmm. the truth from the demonic perspective, which is the gospel from the other side of the movie. And he says to the psychiatrist, I know you don't believe a word I'm telling you, but I promise you before you leave here today, you will have committed three murders. Mm. It's so gripping, and what to watch the, uh, the the Sean Patrick Flannery is just amazing. I mean that that could very easily have gone sideways, where he's playing a guy who's demon possessed, and you see the multiple personalities coming out. It could have very easily become almost kind of cliched. Where did you find him, and how? What kind of direction did you give him? Did you just wind him up and let him go, or what did you do with this, guys? Well, Sean has been in the business a long time. We met him about fifteen, twenty years ago on our first movie. Uh, he did a small little movie with us, and we were totally appreciative. <coughs> and he was just unbelievable, amazing. Yeah. And we saw something in him that I don't think people realize. I believe he's the best actor in, in, in Hollywood. I can mm -hmm. honestly say I stand by that. Now, I haven't worked with every single person, but I will just say what he did in this movie was amazing. As far as telling him what to do, here's how that works. Sean, we think that you should do this or that. And he smiles and nods and then goes and does what he wants to do <laughs> <laughs> and you hang on put a camera it. on it and hang on and yeah, uh, yeah yeah and you know when he does it it's better than what we told him well, so he's mm. always thinking and he likes to surprise you and yeah. 99 times out of 100 you're going to like the surprise yeah, yeah. Well, it was very, very rewarding. And I love when you talk about the long history of movies that you guys have made for our bottom line listeners who have been uh, paying attention to our Movie Monday segments and the different films we have uh, talked about. Carrie Solomon and Chuck Konzelman are the guys behind Unplanned, the Abby Johnson story that hit theaters about four years ago that just really blew the lid off of what really happens in the abortion industry, but also then provides some hope, you know, at the end and what Abby's done with Sean Carney did with 40 days for life, this brand new movie nefarious. We have the trailer up at the bottom line show.com is taking on the whole good versus evil. And I think you could not have found a better foil for Sean's demon character than a Jordan. Is it Jordan Belfi? Jordan Belfi. How do we pronounce his last name? Belfi. Jordan Belfi. was uh, Jordan Belfi. He was on entourage for a while. Uh, mm -hmm. He was quite popular uh, amazing guy, amazing actor, literally the first day shooting. We're 20 seconds away from shooting. And he says, please don't tell anyone, but my, my wife just had a baby. And for a director, uh -huh. that's insane because uh -huh. morally, okay, go home with your wife and spend right. the time with your new child. But that destroys the movie. What am I going to do? I can't, I can't. <laughs> that was their first born. So, oh. you know, we were put in this situation, but we never we never said from, but the kind of guy he is, he looked at us and he said, I want you guys to know, I know this is an important piece of work. We're here. I spoke to my wife about it. We're both in agreement. Let's roll. And it was, mm. he's an amazing guy, an amazing guy. And I think he's the perfect, per, uh, the perfect foil across from uh, Sean. I think they, they synergistically did an amazing job together. Yeah. yeah. To see the deconstruction of the doctor's character where he comes in thinking, I've got all the answers. I've got the Mercedes. I'm just here to check off the box, get a paycheck and move on. And to see his whole personality challenged, de deconstructed, and then reconstructed, um, it's it's just fascinating. Now, there are some elements in this movie that are very suspenseful and other of them that are somewhat graphic. I, I want you to, I mean, we're talking about a death row inmate. We're talking about, uh, you know, so, some intense scenes uh, that involve, you know, some physicality and things of that nature. Uh, Carrie Solomon, Chuck Consulman with me today here on The Bottom Line talking about the new movie, Nefarious, which if I had more thumbs, I would give them all 
up. I mean, I would just, I would love to have 10, uh, but I'll give you both of mine you know, for this in terms of the, the endorsement here. But how did you broach that subject? You had to do it the way you did it. And I love the way you did it. But some people are going to say, wow, a couple of those scenes were kind of violent for me, or maybe a little too graphic. How, how do you, what, what do I tell my friends who might be a little taken back by something like that to say, you got to go with this because that's, that's how the story is told. Well, first off, if you look at the poster, you think uh, you think I'm not going to that movie. As a matter of fact, to be honest, we wouldn't go to that movie <laughs> if we looked at that poster, because sure. basically we don't know. You know, we think it's a demonic, satanic movie. We don't mm-hmm. use any demonics. We don't use any satanics. We do real truth. The poster you know, is a Trojan horse. It's a Trojan mm-hmm. horse designed to pull in the horror crowd, mm-hmm. and okay. they're not Good. going. And, it's a surprise. They, it's a twist. So when they get in there, they see something they've never seen before. Totally original. You know, we don't we we didn't need to use foul language and and uh, there's no sex scene. So what we used was this is a discourse between evil and good between uh, the devil and mankind. It's C.S. Lewis's screw tape letters, the, right. the mature version meets mm-hmm. silence of the lambs. And, and you know what? The only thing we had, we said, we cannot be boring. So we knew that if we got boring for five seconds, that we would lose the audience. And I think right. we've accomplished that. And, right. it, you know, it's compelling. And But the thing is, we had Father Martin, Carlos Martins, who's a renowned exorcist, does a podcast called The Exorcist Files, uh, re- uh, probably the number one exorcist in America. He said, this is the best movie on exorcism ever made. He wow. said, this is truth. He says, what, you, what you're seeing in the Pope's exorcist, that's garbage. This is real. This is what I go through every single day. And so that is what we went for. We want people to know. We, we didn't want to make a spectacle. This is not like a, you know, a Hollywoodized kind of thing. We right. showed the truth. Now, sometimes in that, you got to realize demons are not nice guys. Right. So there's going to be a little bit of violence here and there. But be honest. It's nothing that anyone who's gone to the movies in the last five years hasn't seen 10 times more violence than this. I mean, it is intense, but the bottom line is when something is grappling and trying to take your soul from you, I think it's intense, and and we stand by it. I I think you should. The film carries carries an R rating. It's debatable whether it should have gotten an R, but if you're talking about tonality, it's somewhere between a hard – if it was evaluated honestly – it's somewhere between a hard PG-13 or a very light R. Mm-hmm. I've seen PG-13s that were worse than this in terms of the intensity. Way worse. Yes. Way, 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 way worse. It was, it was a political R. We got, mm-hmm. They know that basically a good part of the audience won't come to see the movie if it's R. I mean, we got the R because the hero, or not the hero, but the bad guy breaks his finger. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, wow. I mean, seriously, I mean, the studios are putting out now garbage now. That is so off the hook, and they're getting PGs. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's so, amazing. You know, unfortunately, there's an agenda out there, and uh, we feel personally yes. that the adversary doesn't want anyone to see this movie. We've had dozens and dozens and dozens of things that are unexplainable happen. Hmm. Well, mercifully, the finished product is well worth the effort, and I highly recommend you go see this in theaters. If you like suspense movies, you're going to love this. But the good versus evil, I was, guys, the whole time I was watching this, I was thinking, and remember how up in arms people got over Frank Peretti novels 30 years ago? You know, and the idea yep, that we yep. just have this nice little town called Ashton and here's the demon sitting on the shoulder. But you guys are really taking it to the forefront. And I think at a time for such a time as this, it's a story that needs to be told. And you tell it so very, very well. Uh, Carrie Solomon, Chuck Consulman, my guest today here on The Bottom Line, the two guys, the writers and directors behind the brand new movie, Nefarious. It's up at thebottomlineshow.com. The trailer is that's in theaters April 14th. 60 seconds left in our time together, guys. Talk about why it's important for the church community in particular, not only to go see this, because it will really kind of scare you straight about the reality of spiritual warfare, but also to be talking about this, to getting other people excited about this film. Well, this, this is the film the church has been asking us for for the last 10 years since God's Not Dead. We always get asked by people, particularly younger people, give me the film I could bring my friends to, my non-believing friends, my non-believing family members, right. where I, I can't take them to something that's called God's Not Dead. Right. It's got to be a real movie. And then put something in the movie that allows us to start the conversation afterwards. This is that film. Additionally, mm-hmm. I would say that the church needs to see this movie because we've backed off from fighting evil. We've retreated. 
and you cannot retreat. You have to attack evil. You have to stand up to it. It's like the bully in the courtyard. If you stand up to the bully in the courtyard, it will run away. And the bottom line is that we are stronger than evil. But if we surrender, then evil wins. And we want to prove that in this movie, that that's what this is all about. The world needs to see this. Every man, woman, and child needs to know there is a devil and there is a God. Amen. Amen. And we know who wins. And that's the beautiful thing about this movie is even though it shows the reality of that evil, it also shows the reality of the deity and the sanctity and sovereignty of God who gives us the power to stand up to this and fight this, even though, as you guys said, it's not always a pretty endeavor. Carrie Solomon, Chuck Conselman, the writers and directors of the brand new movie Nefarious. Whoisnefarious.com is the website. And we've got the trailer linked at thebottomlineshow.com. Guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this work and for your time. I know you're really busy, but thanks for being with us today here on the bottom line show thank you so much roger thank you god bless well god blessings to you as well and i can't wait for we're hoping to get uh, some of the stars of nefarious with us on the program here next week i'd love to hear what it was like for the spiritual warfare and the demonic attack that they've been under because you can only imagine how intense it is uh am i effusive about this movie well we usually talk about movies on mondays today's theater thursday here on the bottom line show and you need to go see nefarious so here's what we've got we have our friends at Fandango, you know, the online ticket ordering sim, have given us four $25 gift cards. Actually, the producers of Nefarious have done this. So here's what you do. You call 800-227-5278. Crystal and Teresa are taking your calls and putting the names together in a big old drawing. And then we're going to have four winners for each of these $25 gift cards. So as, in terms of ticket prices, they I know they vary from theater to theater. So you can use the gift cards. Uh, to purchase, if their tickets are 12 bucks, you're going to get two tickets. You know, if they're 13 bucks, you might have to cough up a dollar. That's okay. I highly recommend it. And again, the thing about this movie is it's in theaters this weekend. Okay. These are the guys who did, brought God's Not Dead to the big screen. They brought Unplanned to the big screen. And this is an excellent movie. It is excellent. It is dealing with a tough subject, spiritual warfare. It's in a prison where a prisoner is facing execution on death row. It is not an easy subject to deal with, but they do it very tastefully. So that's why I recommend the movie. 800-227-5278. We have four Fandango gift cards to give away. Each of them worth 25 bucks a piece to get you tickets to see this show this weekend. 800-227-5278, that's the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, for those who say, oh, you know, you guys make such a big deal about good versus evil, and, and it really doesn't have any repercussions, a story from the Bay Area that reminds us that, yeah, there is evil all around us. The question is, what are we going to do in response to it? We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. That sounds like good nefarious music, doesn't it? Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. My thanks again to Chuck Conselman and Carrie Solomon, the masterminds behind the brand new movie Nefarious. If you liked Unplanned, the story of Abby Johnson, these are the guys who also brought God's Not Dead to the Pure Flix family. They have, uh, and you heard uh, Carrie Solomon say, this is the movie, Nefarious, that Christians have been asking for. Give us a depiction of good versus evil in the world and what that looks like. And if you are a Bible-believing Christian, you will be challenged in your faith to take a firmer stand against the power of evil in the world when you watch this movie. We've got four Fandango gift cards we're giving away today, and the idea is that you use them to buy tickets to go see Nefarious in theaters. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, you heard uh, Chuck and Carrie mention that the movie does, in fact, have an R rating, and that's true. There is no foul language. There is no sex. In terms of violence, there's some implied violence because you've got a death row inmate who is being interviewed by his uh, psychiatrist. And the whole premise of the movie is the psychiatrist is basically doing a check-off-the-box interview with this guy to see if he is mentally capable of understanding the charges against him. And basically, if he is, if he's not insane, if, he, if he's crazy, they'll put him in a mental prison for the rest of his life, mental. But if he's not and understands, then, you know, and this guy's character has killed several people. He's literally a serial killer. But what you see in Sean Patrick Flannery's uh, portrayal of Eddie Brady in this movie is you see a guy who has to slip back and forth between his real personality, which is, 
I'm possessed by a demon and then hearing from the demon himself. And the thing that really got to me with this movie, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line if you want to get in on the ticket giveaway. The thing that was just so, there were many riveting points in this movie, but the one that really got to me, I think that stayed with me the most, is when the demon, Nefarious, who's kind of a lieutenant of Satan, if you will, is explaining to the psychiatrist how easy it was for him to possess this man. You know, what's the old, uh, the, the, the euphemism, lead me not to temptation, I can find an okay ball by myself. People say that like it's a badge of honor, but the reality is we live in a sinful fallen world and the enemy does not come and literally just knock us over. He doesn't come firing down from the sky and your eyes are ablaze all of a sudden and you get possessed. It really is incremental. It's the uh, proverbial frog in the pot type of thing. It starts with a little this and a little that. And next thing you know, you've basically made that deal with the devil. I was watching a fascinating video before, a uh, YouTube video before the program today. Uh, Francis Chan was being interviewed by a couple of Reformed theologians, and they were discussing how Francis's view of communion has changed over the years, especially in the past four or five since he left regular pulpit ministry. And he said, you know, I used to look at communion as ceremonial. I mean, that was the, I mean, for 1500 AD on, there's a Swiss philosopher or whatever who said, hey, look, this is not the actual body and blood of Jesus Christ. This is something we do to remember him. It's a memorial event. And he said, I literally just say, where's the juice? Where's the cracker? Let's get on with it. Not realizing that it is the event. Participating in the breaking of the bread, the giving of Christ's body, the pouring out of his blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. And in the same way, a lot of Christians have kind of been lulled into this Western style of thinking their faith is okay because it's easy believism. We kind of have the same view of sin and death. And a movie like Nefarious really calls all of us out. To the unbeliever, like they said, this is the movie you can take your unbelieving friends to and say, wow, what'd you think? And have a conversation about it because chances are it's going to frame good and evil in a way that they've never thought about it before. But what I'm most excited about is that I think this is going to frame good and evil in a way that many Bible-believing Christians have never thought about it before. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. We have four of these Fandango gift cards that we're giving away. They're $25 a piece, and that will enable you easily, or should, to buy one or more tickets to go see nefarious this weekend and it's so important we stress this all the time opening weekend is so important it sends a message to hollywood jesus revolution did very well and stayed in the top 10 for a number of weeks um his only son the story of abraham and isaac uh still a surprise top 10 after a couple of weeks let's keep nefarious up there as well We'll take a quick break, and I mentioned we we're going to talk about good and evil in parts of California in particular. Uh, what does the closing of a food establishment, a supermarket, if you will, have to say about good versus evil? We'll talk about that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. Is evil real, and how do we in the body of Christ stand up to it? That's the topic of conversation today here on The Bottom Line. We're giving away tickets to the movie Nefarious which is a fascinating study of good versus evil in theaters tomorrow. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line show. We've got four Fandango gift cards that you can use for purchasing tickets to go see uh, Nefarious tomorrow when it debuts in the theaters. Is evil a problem? We'll ask the folks in San Francisco who are lamenting the fact that they no longer have a Whole Foods in the mid-market district simply because of crime. Uh, Joel, let's go ahead and hear the, the clip here telling us more on this story. We'll tell you, the closure of Whole Foods after just a year of being open is a real gut punch for the neighborhood. Um, and I wish I could say I was surprised, but I, I have seen a lot of the issues with people acting out and shoplifting. So fingers crossed uh, we can turn things around here. And I do have some optimism, but hopefully we can get this supermarket back open because the neighborhood Jill, waited stop a long right time. there for just a second if you would that's san francisco board of supervisors member matt dorsey he described the closure of this whole food they've only been open a year in this location he called it a gut punch and said look with all the crime and the vandalism we had to close it now listen how his interviewer responds to him saying 
crime forced us to close the store. Go ahead and get the cut if you would. Time for it. You also represent the area where tech executive Bob Lee was stabbed to death last week. Despite that high profile killing, San Francisco has far fewer homicides than other similarly sized cities. Do you think people have a misunderstanding of just about how dangerous San Francisco is, Matt? I, yeah, I do. And, and thanks for asking the question. As you know, you may know, um, before I joined the Board of Supervisors, which is our local sort of city council, I served for two years as a civilian member of the command staff of the police department. And one of the things that I saw play out um, in terms of crime in a time of COVID um, was I think most major cities in the United States would trade their violent crime problem for our property crime problem and sort of public drug use problem in a heartbeat. That being said, we're a major city. We have violent crime. So I don't want to diminish anybody's um, sense of fear. That was Don Lemon of CNN saying, yeah, you know, but gosh, I mean, Matt, it's not that bad. I mean, the crime rate's down. It's really not as bad as you're making it out to be. So, I mean, come on and come on. Well, when you look at percentages, it's horrible. Violent crime up 18%, civilian crime, if you will, up 33% in San Francisco. Now, the number of people, the number of homicides in a city that San Francisco's a big market has 850,000 people living in the city. There were 50 homicides last year, 45. I mean, it's not a huge amount. Um, they have actually captured the guy and apprehended and charged the man who killed Mr. Lee, the founder of the Cash App, stabbed him to death in a neighborhood where he was stabbed. It's two o'clock in the morning. He's walking down, knocking on doors, begging for help, and people just went driving on by like he wasn't even there. Oh, look, honey, there's a bleeding man in the middle of the road. Let's, yeah, let's just ignore him. Evil exists in the world. There's no law that we can pass that will make evil go away. The only antidote for evil is not the shed blood of guys like Matt Lee on the street, or Bob Lee rather, but the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. His blood shed for you and for me pays the penalty for our sin. He died to pay the penalty to take away the sin of the world. But you ask, well, there's still sin in the world, so what good did it do? Well, here's the deal. If we profess with our mouth that Jesus is Savior and Lord, and we believe in our heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. While we were yet sinners, Romans 5, Christ died for the ungodly. The penalty has been paid, but you have to claim your reward. You have to call upon his name. And I believe you can only do that by the power of the Holy Spirit, giving you the gift of faith so you could receive the gift of salvation. And then you go and show people what happened to you. I'm a new creation. Something happened inside of me. In the same way you're going to see evil personified in the movie Nefarious, through Sean Patrick Flaherty's character, you see the hope of Christ in the new creations that we become when we give our lives to him. Evil is real, but there is an antidote. There's only one, and his name is Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets salvation apart from him. That is good news. That's the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. And Rabbi Schneider, uh, coming up next, for those who remain on the network, special edition, three-man edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, talking about, hey, did you know the COVID pandemic was officially ended when the president signed a bill into law on Monday? We're going to talk about what that really means coming up next as the bottom line continues.